From the Theology of the Body Institute, this is the Discerning Marriage Podcast, hosted by Elizabeth Busby. Hello, hello. It's Elizabeth here. Thank you for joining us. Today we have a discernment story with Christina Jolloway. Hello, Christina. Hi. She is the evangelista. I had discovered her blog back when I was single and she was really, really helping me out um, through her written word to press deeply into my single life. And we have an episode about that that I will link in the show notes um, where we talk deeply about what it means to be single and how to thrive. But also that is not the end of Christina's story because she was called to marriage. And so she has been married for four years. She has two little babies. Um, and I am so excited to get to hear her discernment story. Um, I watched it happen ish on the blog. And so I'm so (laughs) excited to get to talk to you about it. So thank you so much for joining us. We're glad to have you. I love telling our story. It's a really wonderful one. So let's start with how you knew you were called to marriage. Well, I had a desire for marriage and family from the time I was a little girl. I always told my mom that that's what I wanted to be when I grew up and everything. Um, But I really struggled believing that that would ever happen for me because as a kid, I was a very child, an adolescent. I mean, still am very intensely interested in my faith. Um, Always wanted to learn more about it. I was always drawn to prayer and to a relationship with the Lord, which honestly should be normal. Right. right. That's the normal <laughs> state of the what we person. expect from a Christian. Yes. But Even a child, especially a child. Yes. Especially barriers. Child. Yeah. But unfortunately in our culture, it's not, people think it's kind of weird. And so I got a lot of, Oh, you must be called to be a nun. You must be called to be religious from a very young age. And that always really bothered me because it was not what I felt called to. And Satan really twisted it and turned that into like this fear and anxiety that I had about being called to religious life. And so much so that I wrote a whole post on it called God is not going to force you into the convent or seminary. And it's still my most emailed about post that I have ever written. I get about that post. Yes. Um, he wants you to be happy. He's not just going to force you to do something. Yeah, God is not going to force you to do anything. And if your desire, it, it, he works through our desires. And yes, it's true that you might be resistant. You might have some, you might struggle with the idea of your vocation for a while, but he's not going to drag you kicking and screaming to the altar or on either end. I mean, he's not going right. to drag you to marry someone. He's not going to force you to become a priest or religious. Right. By the time you take the vow, you'll want to do it. (laughs) And I was still terrified of that. And, Mm. um, it was a really long, I mean, it really took a lot of therapy and, um, and just healing to get to a place where I wasn't afraid of religious life anymore. And I finally knew I was called to marriage for real. Um, when I met my husband, I mean, I guess that was when I was like, really sure that that was what I was called to because there was an actual person in front of me that I could say, yes, I truly desire to be married to this person. I love it. Go ahead. Was the discernment of religious life a part of your journey or was it always just this idea that you may be called to it because that was what other people thought holiness looked like exclusively? Um, or you just were resisting doing it. Did you ever actually discern it? it? 
I mean, I never formally discerned religious life because I was so afraid to, um, in the years when I really could have done it easily. And then by the time I met my husband, it was kind of too late. <laughs> like, right. Sure. Sure. I realized, okay, this is what I'm called to do. Um, so it was just a very, like, I wish that I had not been so afraid of it because I'm sure it would have benefited me to go on a retreat or to, you know, be like open to that possibility in a more real way. But, um, I didn't really become open to it and say, okay, Lord, if that's really what you want, um, I'm sure you'll give me the desire. And so I'm open to it. Like the fact that I went, you know, my spiritual director when I was about 31 encouraged me to start going to this monastery outside mm -hmm. of Phoenix, a poor Claire monastery to pray and to, to really become intimate with the Lord in a new way. Um, and the fact that I was able to do that without having a panic attack every time I went, because there would be nuns around was a huge sign of my healing. So, but yeah, I never truly, like, I never formally discerned religious life. Sure. But your desires through your desires, you discerned yes. it because you knew yes. the whole time, like even when people would tell you, or you would sit with yourself or go through your healing, that desire for marriage never wavered. And that in and of no. itself is a discernment of religious life. Yes. And my, my spiritual director, I, every time I talked to a spiritual director about it, I never got a, well, you know, I think you might be called to this. Like <laughs> I want to consider it. So how did you meet your spouse? Can you tell us about it? Yes. Um, I, it's really a funny story. So I was living in Phoenix at the time, but I had gone to San Diego for um, a conference on scripture. And I was actually there um, in part to see a guy that I was thinking about rekindling a relationship with. Mm. I've up with him twice, which <laughs> told me something. <laughs> um, but I was in a much healthier place at that point. So that relationship finally ended December no, January 30th, 2016. Okay. And on the 31st, my mom called me. It was a Sunday morning. She calls me and she says, um, I met the perfect guy for you yesterday. And I was like, I just told the Lord in prayer. I was like, okay, God, I am not, I'm done trying to make things happen in relationships. I'm done with just these guys who don't know what they want and who are slow moving. If you want me to marry someone, it's going to have to be crystal clear. I mean, this is literally <laughs> what I said to him, what I said to the Lord. It. it will have to be so obvious to me. There's no way I can mistake it. And the next day my mom calls me, tells me she's met the perfect guy for me. Now my mom has tried in the past to set me up. <laughs> um, so I'm very skeptical and I just laugh at her basically. Well, later that day, Christian, my now husband, sends me a Facebook friend request. And I was like, oh, he's actually pretty cute, you know? And I realized <laughs> that I had known his family because he had lived in Austin for a while. Oh, cool. And his sister had been like a youth group leader of mine. I mean, it's it's crazy. Oh, that's neat. That yeah. Have. And, um, but I had never met him before because he he's eight years older than me and had left Austin before I was really before I really knew who he was. Um, so this is Nico. Hello, Nico. <laughs> um, so anyway, I 
I was still very skeptical, but he sent me a message that night and we started chatting back and forth on Facebook and he seemed like a really decent guy. I mean, he had met my mom after mass. So I forgot to, to mention that That's my amazing. mom met him through another friend of mine and pulled him aside and was like, so are you single? She did like a total Mrs. Bennett thing. If you've read Pride and Prejudice. Yes, 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 um, yes, yes. I love it. Told him, I have a daughter. She's perfect for you. She's single. She's 32. She doesn't think there's any good Catholic guys out there anymore. And he took that as a challenge. (laughs) Really? Okay. Well, we'll see about that. And then he saw my picture on Facebook. He liked what he saw. Um, And sent me me this message. And then he suggested, he asked me if he could have have my number. And I was like, whoa. I mean, just like right up. Be right up front asking me for my number. I was very impressed by that. Absolutely. And that went, he was like, I probably won't be able to call you until next week, but you know, he calls me the next day. <laughs> and we chat on the phone for like 30 minutes. Really nice conversation. I just had a very good feeling about it, is the best way I can describe it. And he's like, you know what? Your mom invited me over one. <laughs> Sunday. I love the sound of your mom. I, I love like, the sound of your mom. She mom, sounds awesome. Of course you did. Of course you did. And so he suggested we Skype on Wednesday, that Wednesday. So if you're keeping track, I met him on Facebook Sunday. Sunday we talk on the phone. Wednesday we Skype. By the end of the conversation, Skype conversation on Wednesday, where it was very clear we were attracted to each other. Um, he was like, you know. I feel kind of weird going to your mom's house when I haven't even taken you out on a date yet. So how about I just fly out to Phoenix this Sunday or Saturday? Do you have someone I could stay with there and I'll take you out? I completely forgot that he wasn't in town. No, he was in Austin. Uh, well, he was actually at AM um, doing his master's in international affairs. Um, but, and- but close to Austin. He was, yeah, he was close to Austin. Austin. Yes. So he would come into Austin on the weekends and he actually worked one of his um, jobs during grad school was he worked at the airport so that he could cool. get flights, flight benefits. So that's how he was able to just fly. To see- oh. So, um, so I, he flew out that weekend and by the end of the weekend, we were both like, I mean, it was just very clear that there was this mutual attraction and he asked if he could come see me the next weekend. And then he came to see me the next weekend. (laughs) And basically long story short, we ended up just being pretty sure we were supposed to get married by May of that year. And I moved in what January, you said January 31st, we met. Okay. And then by May, I had decided to move back to Austin. Um, and it was because of him, because yep. I knew we were going to get married. So yep. it was just crazy fast, but he was so persistent. He was so like pursued me in a way that no other guy ever had. He did everything that I had prayed that my future husband would do in terms of pursuing me. I never had to worry about what he thought or what he was feeling. Cause he was so upfront with me. He was in therapy. I was in therapy. We we're both doing yeah. our own work. So it was just like, I mean, it was, it was so providential. That's amazing. It was not perfect. We both had our freak out moments and we both had wounds that needed, still needed healing, but 
it was just so different for both of us than anything we had experienced before. So, wow. so how did y'all discern to get married? But you know, in that, I mean, we basically were both like, okay, why, why shouldn't we get married? Like, are there any yep. reasons not for us to not get married? And once we had talked about that, I mean, it was just clear that there was no reason not to, and we were both attracted to each other. We really felt like the Lord put each other in our, in our lives for that reason. We felt like the other person could refine us and call us and bring us closer to the Lord. Um, I knew he would be a good father. That was a huge thing. Um, and I think he could tell that I would be a good mother. Um, and I mean, we just, we had enough in common that it made sense. It just made sense. I, love I don't it. know how to describe it, but this we fabulous, you know? Yep. So you had mentioned that he's eight years older. So he was 40, right? Yes, he was 40. And, and he had been in the seminary. Um, okay. And in the, in the Legion of Christ, which is a very, um, kind of a notorious religious order now because its founder was had some major behavior, terrible stuff. Um, So he ended up leaving the Legion after he had been, because it's a really long process to be, to, um, to become a part of the the order. And so he had been spent a large part of his life, his young, like twenties and thirties in that formation for that and still getting a master's. Uh, Honestly, I think it's amazing. I get questions from people about wanting to hear stories of people who were older when they were discerning. So I did not realize he was eight years older. I'm delighted to hear (laughs) that he was, he met you and discerned marriage in his forties. I need to have him on the podcast. I I married someone eight years older than me and my sister who got married seven months after me. um, She married someone seven years younger than her. (laughs) So, so they are the husbands. Yeah, the our part. yeah. So my husband, we joke that my husband could be her husband's dad, even though it's not really true. <laughs> not quite. Maybe like but... a teenage dad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, teenage dad, but it's funny. It's really funny. That is so funny. So. Wow. The what? Okay. So to wrap up, I want to point out something that I want to make sure our listeners hear. You, okay. I'm going to go ahead and link the other post or the other post, the other episode with Christina in the show notes, because please go listen to that one about what it means to press into your single life and learn to thrive with the Lord, with yourself in therapy, um, when you're single. And so all of that background, um, plays into the fact that she met her husband in January and then was able to make a quick, swift discernment. This is something I say all the time to people. If you do the work when you're single, you don't need all of the time to date because you already know you're not going to get into a relationship with someone who's not a good fit for you. Like I mentioned this before in other places, I'm very intentional or I encourage intentionality. So be intentional when you date, be intentional when you're in a commitment, boyfriend, girlfriend, and then be intentional in what I call pre-engagement when you feel like you want to know the like want to get married to the person and want to dive deeper in discernment all before engagement. So if you are intentional when you're single, you're not going to, your dates are going to be more intentional. You're not going to spend a lot of time. You may not even get into commitment with someone who's not a good fit. Cause you're like, I don't want to marry you. And I really don't want to break up. So we're just not going to, we're just not going to even go there. So then when you meet someone who's a good fit, it goes so much faster because you already know who you are. You're free to say yes. 
hopefully they know who they are. They're free to say yes. And then really like, why wait, you know, cause, and when you're older, you don't need it as much. So I think a lot feel of like you're rushing at all. Yeah, no, you weren't probably <laughs> like, cause you've yeah. done all the work before, right? A lot of people who uh, start dating young high school, college, immediately after college, as you're transitioning to adulthood, but don't really know who you are yet. Yes. They end up dating for a long time because they need the time to figure out who yes. they are, how, how to make decisions, what they want out of, of life, what they want in a spouse. But all of you people who are listening, who are older, who are aching and longing and are like, okay, well, if I meet someone and then it's going to be two years before we get engaged in another year, and then I'm going to be whatever. No, like, so no, it doesn't have to be like, that. yeah, so many times it's not like that. So I love that that's your story. And I love that that's something that people can utilize in hope of the Lord, you know, moving quicker when you're older and you've done the work when you're younger. So yeah. I love it. I would love to have your husband on at some point and talk about what it was like to, to meet someone and discern marriage in your forties. Okay. I'm going to make that happen. I'm so excited. Um, anyway, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, both of these episodes that we have recorded together have been so fruitful and good. I'm so delighted that your kiddos joined us because I think people, it's really good for people's discernment to, to see what it's like. Yeah. What it's like to be married and to be able to pour yourself out in service of the church with your kiddos. That often means they're with us. Um, and I love that. So yes. And also I love you guys got married and you have two kiddos really close together because you're, well, this is two and you have a five. Yeah, he's so. actually two and a, he's almost three. Two and a half. So okay. Okay. Which in some places that's really close together. I feel like in the Catholic world, that's kind of like far apart. I guess that's true. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're both little at the same time. Yeah. They are both little at the same time. That's for sure. Yeah. You were in your thirties when you got married and you already have two kids. Like it's, and you have been married for years. Like it's beautiful. You know, the Lord moves because you did. I mean, Leah Darrow has six kids. She totally does. When she was 33, just like me. So some people, some people are the faster. I'm not. There you go. There you go. Not a race. No, it's it's being. No, if you want to have a big family, you can still get married in your thirties and have a big family. You absolutely can. The Lord is calling you to. He's going to make it happen. Yes. So do not dismay. Do not feel like the Lord is closing every single door because you're late twenties, early thirties, and not married. The Lord can do things beyond our wildest dreams, but he wants you to hope in his goodness and trust in his goodness because yeah. that's so like, what good is it? He'd say, you know what, if one hand causes you to sin, chop it off. Cause what good is it to, you know, it's better to lose a hand than to lose eternal life. What yeah. good is it to get married, but lose your soul, right? If you're not oh really marriage is got it. People. Yes. And prioritize yeah, him. So not something to, to go into because you're afraid of loneliness. Amen. Is- it happens. Yeah. So yeah. hope in the Lord, trust in the Lord. Um, he wants goodness for you. He wants your happiness in yeah. him first and then in other, in other ways that he leads you to. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Christina. So oh, good to see you, Nico. All right. God bless you. Thank y'all so much for joining us. It was such an amazing opportunity to get to talk to her because like I said, she really influenced so much of my uh, my own single life. And I feel like in in the way only really the internet can do, I kind of just felt like she was accompanying me, even though I didn't really know her. So it was amazing to get to meet her and to get to share her story with you. And I hope you enjoyed it. So until next time, stay close to the heart of Jesus and be not afraid. The Discerning Marriage Podcast is brought to you by the Theology of the Body Institute. For more information about discerning marriage, visit discerningmarriage.com.
To learn more about the theology of the body, visit tobinstitute.org.